Chiefs take the lead in the AFC, but it cost them. Nick Bolton's going to miss some time. How much and what does that do to this team today? I'm Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day for free on every platform. Starting here on YouTube, where we are live this afternoon, you can like, sub, and hit the bell there. And echoing out through the stratosphere, particularly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere that you get your audio podcast, because we are free on every platform, everywhere, for all time and forever and ever. At least uh, that's the way the Randy Travis song goes. Uh, we're brought to you today by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use that code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. That's Game Time. We have a lot to go over. The news dropped. We're going to get to that later. We have to talk about where the Chiefs are in this AFC and what it means. And what is the evolution of Travis Kelsey's crew, the guys that help him uh, deflect some targets, uh, take some coverage, the whole nine yards and how this passing offense is working. We're going to get to that after we talk about Nick Bolton. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football. And this is my partner, Chris Clark at home at kcchiefscorner.com, where you can get all of the information, capology, et cetera, et cetera. Nick Bolden is just coming back. Uh, they were very cautious with him off the get-go with his initial injury, wanted to take their time, so they got quality reps out of him. Just a shame to see him go down with what has been determined just a dislocation of the wrist. Now, I've had one of those in the past as well. There are varying degrees of it. This one is going to need a surgical repair, and the story is somewhere between six and eight weeks is what we're likely to see Nick Bolton miss right now. How devastating is that for this defense? It's huge. Uh, he's one of the, he's probably the leader of their defense, and uh, can't say he's very lucky they got Drew Tranquil in the offseason because right now they'd be really hurting if they didn't have Drew Tranquil. Uh, I know that there are some in case Kansas City Nation that really want to see Drew Tranquil play over Nick Bolton. I think that that's a little bit misguided. Uh, and both of them on the field together is really probably the best scenario that you can have. So uh, I do think that this is going to be a big loss for Kansas City. And Tranquil's only one injury away from hurting you know, hurting this defense as well. Um, so we got to hope that he's able to stay healthy over the next couple of weeks. And he's been banged up the past several as well. Yeah, and Tranquil, I think, filled in admirably while he was out first time. I have no problem about the calls, about making the transition to Drew Tranquil. It's about the power. Uh, the Dolphins are coming up. That's going to be a Germany game. We're going to focus on how you stop them because the Eagles certainly showed you exactly what I've been talking about. That The Miami offense is one thing, but it settles down and you can't take advantage of it. But it is about controlling the run for them. So that is one that is coming up that you got to have your linebacker crew sorted away. Like you said, a single injury to Drew Tranquil changes things. Leo Chanel is capable, uh, was playing on the inside, can play the mic if he has to, uh, did that at Wisconsin. And I feel comfortable with that myself personally. I'm not sure if the team does. But that evolution would require Jack Cochran coming onto the field. There would be other changes. Cam Jones is also on the roster, primarily special teams uh, like Cochran. But it feels like for maybe the first time in a couple of years that there's enough depth behind Nick Bolton and enough quality play from first Drew Tranquil and then Leon Chanel that I think they can get through this stretch to the home last month of the season, uh, regular season, that is, without putting too much at risk in terms of their overall record and their seeding. Am I crazy optimistic? I don't think you're crazy optimistic. I think that it's going to be something that is going to have to be watched through 
through the rest of the season. Tranquil is a very smart player, so I think that he can step in and be good. Again, you talk about Leia Chanel. He's played very well in his in the role that they've given him. The problem is, is he hasn't played in that Mike that Mike role. So having him move over to Mike would be a big change for him. Not saying he can't do it, but it's a big change, and it's going to take away your ability to cover the pass a little bit. That's not something he's natural at. Uh, so you got to hope that Tranquil could stay healthy for the next six weeks. Uh, six, if Bolton's out six, he'll miss five games because the Chiefs have a bye. Um, if he's out eight, they'll him is seven, but you know, we'll have to see what the defense can do. I do think that Tranquil is a, like I said before, a very smart player and can do very well in this defense. Uh, and he can step in and play that mic role, but this defense is better with both of them on the field and both of them being able to be on the field together. I, I agree. And I, I think that you have to cross your fingers and hope that that is the way that it comes down, that there's a number of things that are uh, going to be factors in that and how that comes together. We're just going to have to see. Uh, I, I think either way, it's going to be back and forth in a little bit. And quite frankly, it's always going to be dependent on the matchup. Um, I, I look towards the, the Dolphins as one just because they've had this high octane um, and a chain, whatever you want to call it, offense. Uh, there are a number of teams that have the ability to run, the Eagles being one of them. Uh, you have to be able to guard against that. So we're going to have to see what the evolution is. Maybe they change things up. Maybe this makes the defense adapt. Certainly what we're going to see in the next week or two is not going to be consistent because the Broncos are a much different matchup. We're going to talk about them starting tomorrow with Matt Derrick. You guys can check that out, and then we'll be behind the scenes uh, with the Broncos coverage as well as our game day prep. A lot that they have to cover because that's a very different ballgame than what comes next, and that's different than the next. And maybe I, I'm I'm hopeful that six weeks is going to be enough for, for Drew Tranquil. I'm sorry, for <laughs> Nick Bolton, that Drew Tranquil will only have to fill in for those six weeks. Let, let's hope that that's the way that it goes down. Yeah, and that's the hope. And if that is the case, then I think you're going to be in good position come December. Uh, you know, So I think that the Chiefs will be okay as long as Tranquil can stay healthy. Uh, the defense was playing so well. I mean, I mean, lights out in the second half, zero points, uh, producing pressure, you know, getting, uh, you know, turnovers and not allowing any points to the Chargers. That's fantastic. And you're right, the Denver Broncos game is going to be much different, although the Denver Broncos defense is going to be different as well, possibly with Kareem Jackson being suspended four weeks. Yeah, that's it's going to be a tough one. We will see what that matchup looks like. But – Kelsey's crew is changing. Obviously, Travis had an enormous day yesterday. But what is the evolution of the guys that play and are out in the patterns and the concepts with him? That group is changing. And then later, we're going to get to the AFC. But i got to tell you right now about something that can really help you out no matter what you're trying to do. These days, any potential hire can feel like it's a high-stakes maneuver for your small business or mine. If you want to be 100% certain, you can go over there and access the best qualified candidates available, and you can do it free and easy. That's why you have to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I'm always looking for editors, uh, graphic artists, anybody who can help me do my business better here, whether it's podcasting, video, or et cetera. It makes things easier because you can just put your job up. The purple hashtag hiring frame will let everybody know on your LinkedIn profile that you're looking to hire somebody and they have the right experience. You can sort them out, uh, those candidates, by just the right skills, the experience that you want, or 
just how quickly you need to prioritize them. It helps every single small business, and that's why they're rated number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you, and you can find the qualified candidates that you're wanting to talk to faster. You can post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply, but they always apply. There's always something that's going on. So whether you're trying to pick a candidate, you're trying to pick picks about your next contest, all you have to do to make it real easy is check out prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports. It's the biggest platform in North America and the easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. You can check it out right now. Just make two to six selections. Uh, they're bullet points. You can get into all of them. It doesn't matter who you're looking for, but it's the most fun that you could have to win up to 25 times your money this season or any other. Uh, maybe you want Mahomes to go for 400 yards. You don't know that's going to happen every week, but you can certainly check it out. All you have to do is get in there, log on, create your account, and it's a simple selection. A line over, under, back and forth. You get to set it all up. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on. And use our code Locked On NFL for the first deposit match of up to $100. That makes things super easy, just like the, the process of doing this. You can get it done in 60 seconds. That's prizepicks.com slash Locked On NFL and use our code Locked On NFL to get your first deposit, uh, deposit matched up to $100. It is super, super fun. It's daily fantasy sports made easy at Prize Picks. Now, what isn't easy is to figure out. What's going on with this wide receiver group? Obviously, the Justin Watson injury changed things, gave new opportunities. When we take a look at the grades and the routes run and how many snaps are played by who in the wide receiver group, the guys that have to play in space with Travis Kelsey, things are starting to change. You had yesterday, MVS played 47 snaps, the most of any wide receiver out there. Uh, Sky Moore just barely was number two at 41. Another game that wasn't enough targets for Sky Moore, in my opinion, but I thought he played hard. I thought he ran hard, and I thought he did a good job. Right behind him was Rasheed Rice. And for those two guys to go with MVS, uh, a vested veteran, to second-year player and rookie, you have to feel really good about where this is going. The fact that Travis had carried the, the ball club yesterday – can only mean that those guys are going to be able to tick up and be able to help him farther in the future. I'm feeling pretty optimistic today after yesterday. How do you feel? I think you have to feel optimistic. Rasheed Rice had a, another big game, uh, 60 yards, touchdown. I think that's a pretty decent game for a rookie wide receiver in this offense. Uh, he's on pace to get close to 1,000 yards if he can keep getting a little bit more every week over the next couple of weeks. And I do think that it's going to be something that he's capable of uh, against the Denver Broncos last week, he had 53% of the passing snaps that he was on the field. This week, it was 63%. Uh, that's going, if he continues to trend up in that direction, that's going to continue to get him more chances. Uh, and I think he's going to have another good game against the Broncos coming up this week. But, you know, you look at the wide receiver group overall, and, you know, MBS had some plays yesterday. Sky Moore had some plays, and Sky Moore was open, and Mahomes missed him. Uh, you know, simple overthrow, it, it happens. But, you know, it's one of those things. He continues to show up that he can get free at times. So that's something to watch as well. What's going to continue to happen is that this young group is going to have to evolve. What we're not sure is what direction and who's going to be involved with that. Um, breaking here since we began the story uh, recording this show, it does appear that there's been an incident with Justin Ross today and there has been an arrest. We're not sure of the details yet, but that is happening as we speak. And that, if there's anything to that, and we have it from a couple of sources that I, I think you can say 
are getting some information through sources that may or may not be reliable. We'll find out the details as we go through. But that puts a little bit more pressure on a guy that I felt uh, was not quite ready for what he was asked to do yesterday. And I wonder if that is a distraction, is a continued distraction. What this tells me is that, yes, this group is young. Yes, there are a lot of options, but it's not set in stone. And having Rasheed Rice play as well as he did yesterday, taking that lead, Sky Moore coming along. I'm confident that whatever's going on uh, with Justin Ross is something the team will work out, but I don't think it's going to affect the play on the field, in my opinion. How do you feel about it? I don't think so either. I think that they are in a good spot with the rest of the wide receivers. Uh, Justin Watson, if he can come back in a couple of weeks uh, against Philadelphia, which would be kind of my guess as to when his, the earliest he could return. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. We'll see. Uh, but if he, if he can come back, I think he gives you a little bit more of a veteran presence that can actually help the wide receiver room as well. Ross was targeted on one play, and he got offensive pass interference. Not that I thought it was offensive pass interference compared to what <laughs> some of the other plays were, but when you do get one target, you can't have that be your, the results. Uh, that's, you know, you just can't have that. It's almost like Blake Bell with his one target fumbling the ball. I mean, those are the types of situations you can't have if you're going to be touching the ball as little as those guys are. So, you know, at this point, it's a question. I think Michael Harmon's probably going to get some more time. Rasheed Rice is probably going to have to play outside more because Justin Ross has been playing mostly outside from what I've seen. And with that, uh, you know, who's going to take those outside snaps? Well, MBS is going to be one of them. Sky Moore will take some, but I think you're going to see Rasheed Rice take some of them as well. Uh, and, and this is all assuming Ross is probably going to be missing a game or two. I would I would kind of think that based on the what we've seen from the early reports. So I think that they'll be fine. Hardman's going to find his role in this offense. The other question that I would have is, you know, what, where's Kadarius Tony and what's going on with him? The one thing That's... I will say about him, he looked – Really, I'm not going to say he looked great, but to get a target downfield, which he had not done in the previous couple of games, is important. I think that that's one of those things that he can continue to build on if he continues to get downfield reps. Because I think what they were having Tony do was basically play like what McCall Hardman does, did a lot of yesterday. And I think we'll continue to do more of with the jet sweep motion type things that Tyree Kill used to do. I think that they're going to use Hardman in that role and they're going to use Tony as a downfield receiver or a more downfield receiver, not necessarily downfield, downfield. And that is something we've been talking about for quite a bit. It's a little bit curious that Ross outsnapped Kadarius Tony yesterday. So it's clear there's still something going on, whether it's just allowing everybody else to get target share, uh, which allows Kadarius to rest. Uh, we know he had the injury to start through camp. So obviously there are other aspects going on. What you got from McCole Hardman, as we talked about yesterday in the postgame show, I, I think was a nice – uh, lift. I, I won't say I was surprised because I thought that he might have an impact, but you are now replacing guys that can still contribute to the offense. And so I think from an offensive uh, perspective, Rasheed Rice is number three in yards per route run as of yesterday as well. So you're still having that group, whether it, the group is changing, but the offense itself continues to roll. And I'm pretty confident it's going to be able to stay that way. As long as you have PM 15 running the show, it's going to be about what can you do to get on the same page with him. Clearly, and Travis has a special relationship. But Rasheed Rice is coming on. Kadarius Tony over the on the middle, like you said. I thought Rice played very, very well, especially sitting down uh, in the zones. They're going to continue to see a ton of zone. You're going to have to make those plays. And it's not just about making the catch. It's about making the catch soundly, separating that from the yak that you're trying to get. And I do think we've seen Rice settle down in terms of drops uh, concentration or otherwise. 
And I do feel like that's going to be the direction that we go here uh, very quickly and very forcefully about whether McColl is the fourth and Canaries is the fifth or who comes in where and when. This is a group that can still get it done. Yeah, and it's interesting because if you go back and rewatch, I think it was the Rice touchdown. Uh, Noah Gray comes, I'm not going to say he's open, but he's right in the center of the frame, uh, right in front of Mahomes, but kind of, but he's covered. He's got a guy right behind him. He's sitting in his zone. It was, I believe it was his own coverage, and he didn't move to get free. You can't do that and figure you're going to get a lot of playing time and be somebody that can help this team. Got to be active. That's the only way to beat that. Yes, you can you can sit where, but you're going to get reaction when you do sit. You're going to draw coverage, and that's honestly the way that this offense works is about playing those drawn coverages. The guy that has the most magnetism, being Travis Kelsey, still is the guy that gets things done because there are there's a fear factor, especially if you're pushing deep. Those deep routes, whether they're passed or not, whether they're overthrown or not, they're still keeping the defense honest and keeping things open in that middle. And now they just have to exploit the middle continually. Um, yeah, and I, I well, I just want to say uh, Noah Gray, I think, is taking a step back, and that's the one thing that I haven't liked about the way the offense has gone. I like that they're getting the the you know Rasheed Rice in there more. I, I like that they're getting the ball to MBS in the sky more, but I think that this offense was a lot more dangerous, especially when they run the twelve personnel package. If Noah Gray can get three or four catches, or at least three or four targets a game and use his speed and use his ability to you know, help take some of the pressure off Travis as well. Agreed. Thank you for your comment, Gary. Very much appreciate that. You guys like, sub, and hit the bell here on YouTube. And don't forget, we will be live later on RGR. Thank you, Thunderous. Um, One more guy I want to mention before we get off of the receiving crew. What flew under the radar for me is uh, a slight pullback in touches. I'm sorry, in carries. Uh, for Isaiah Pacheco, but four for four in the receiving category. Obviously, uh, four guys caught touchdowns yesterday. Really happy with that. So while it wasn't the rushing effort you wanted to see, uh, or maybe some of us didn't, Isaiah Pacheco is still contributing even in the pass game, and I think that's a plus as well. Huge. He played a ton of passing snaps. I'll have to look that up later. I have it, actually. Uh, it's one of the things I'm tracking is how many passing snaps he played, and he continues to get more and more passing snaps. Taking away from McKinnon, uh, which is a little surprising to me, but uh, you know, I think that they're also looking at a situation where if they keep McKinnon off the field and they give Pacheco more passes, he's going to be ready to do more late in the season, as well as McKinnon being fresher late in the season, which can be big. Yeah, absolutely. So what's it like to lead the AFC? What does this look like? And what is the race coming down to? We can foresee a couple of matchups coming. We'll get to that after this. Are you wanting to go check out the next Chiefs game that is at Arrowhead? You're going to have to be waiting a little bit as they don't play again at Arrowhead until they take on the Philadelphia Eagles, but that is going to be a fabulous game, and you need to go check it out using Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code 
Locked On NFL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Downline game time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I love a lowest price, and I'm always looking for it. Uh, you guys may see me around Christmas time, so let's let's go. I'll let you guys know where to find it. Where I want to go next, uh, and I think where everybody wants to go, is straight into the lead for the AFC. We talked about it last night, is what the Chiefs have secured, but you found some information today that I think is pertinent, and then we can take away what we're going to see coming down the line. Yeah, they, they're they now first in the AFC. Uh, they are the only team in the AFC that does not have a conference loss. Uh, that could be coming. That could become a very big deal down the stretch. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, Buffalo lost against New England. That's huge for Kansas City. Miami lost to Philadelphia. That's huge for Kansas City. So now they have a full game up on Miami, and they play Miami in two weeks. So uh, if they win that game, they will essentially have a game and a half up on Miami at that point. Uh, you know, we'll see how this turns out. I'm really curious to see how the rest of the season goes. But Kansas City is in a position where. You've got games against Miami. You've got a game against Philadelphia. But you have two games against the Raiders. You have a game against the Broncos. You have a game against the Chargers. And then you have two games against the Bills and the Bengals. This is a team that has an opportunity to possibly go 12-5, and 13-4. It's possible and, and could be even better. I, I don't want to say that it's going to be that low, but it could be even better. Buffalo is going to continue to struggle over the, sorry, it's going to continue to struggle over the next couple of weeks, I think, because they're still trying to find their way on defense and they just lost Dawson Knox for a couple of weeks with an injury. I'm not, I think it's a wrist as well, uh, different than Bolton maybe, but still he's going to be out. So that's going to hurt them. Uh, and Bengals are trying to claw up from three and three at this point. I mean, they've got a huge, uh, they have to face Baltimore a couple of times, Pittsburgh, the, Cleveland has a fantastic defense, even though they may not be a great team. Quarterback-wise, they have a fantastic defense. Uh, that's going to be a very tough division. Uh, and the only other team that really makes you wonder in this in the AFC is Baltimore. And Kansas City's not going to see them until the playoffs. Right. I think that's absolutely key. Uh, obviously, the next game against the Broncos, that will be Broncos 2 this season. Uh, I think we know where they're at. We know what the, the, radars, the Raiders look like. Uh, the Packers have been surprisingly unproductive. Uh, now with the Bills faltering, the Patriots are two and five now, right? Um, if the Bengals can write their ship, we'll, we'll talk about that. We are a good deal away from that in week 17. I, but right now, whew, it, it's, it's these Dolphins that are coming up that you have to look at and say, okay, we have to have a plan. And I'm going to tell you guys about the plan and how it's been successful to stop them and, and all the fancy offense that, uh, that is run down there. There are definitely ways to stop it. You know some of the rules, and there's some new ones that we'll throw in there. Um, but just to answer Red's question, um, because it came up, uh, the Miami game is technically, quote-unquote, a home game in that the Chiefs gave up a home game to go to Germany. It's going to be nice and early, so uh, have your sauerkraut and your beer ready uh, just so you can feel like the vibe is there. But, yes, technically. And we will be live right after the game, which was going to be which is going to be basically us being live at, what, noon on Sunday, which we've never yeah. done. So. <laughs> It should be, be a fun. nice new concept, but I will in, say, in the meantime, I, I was just going to say, uh, Patriots two and five. I'm not saying I think Kansas City could lose that game, but you always have to wonder about Belichick and the defense. He always has something special for Mahomes and Andy mm -hmm. Reid, so that's going to be something to watch. And I do think once we get to the point where they get on the bye week, one of the things that we're going to look at on the bye week is 
looking at the schedule, the remaining schedule, and kind of maybe redoing our our per prognosis of where we think they're going to end up. Uh, right now, they're sitting in a situation where, at worst, they should be seven and two, but they could be eight and one when they get their bye. Yeah, and we're on track for our preseason predictions. We're at them at thirteen and four. I think you did as well, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I'd have to look to be specific to make sure, but I think that was close. Yeah, I mean, and just this coming week, obviously, we're we're gonna tarp Broncos. We'll we'll start switching to that game tomorrow with Matt Derrick. Make sure you sub so you can get over here for that. And obviously, the rest of the week will be focused on the Broncos. But when you take a look at what's going on across the the conference tomorrow, the Bills get the Bucks, who are playing better than probably expected. So at four and three, I don't know if the Bills are a hundred percent for that game. Uh, there's still a little bit of life in the Patriots, but I think the Dolphins probably have that one. Uh, even on a short week, I'm not too worried about. The Jaguars get the Steelers, both positive uh, records there. The Browns, uh, who are in the hunt there, they're going against the Seahawks, both four and two. And then you get to the Bengals, and the Bengals, try, like you said, trying to come off of three and three. They get the five and one 49ers, arguably the best team in that conference. So it's, it's not a give-me weekend for the AFC right now, and the Chiefs are in a very, very good position. This gap may get bigger by the time yeah. we talk about it next week. Yeah, definitely could, and I think that that's something to definitely watch. I'm really curious to see how the Bengals play against the 49ers uh, because that is going to be a key to the rest of their season. They've got to get to a point where they're going to be over 500. Uh, you look at other teams in the AFC that the Chiefs really have struggled against in the past. Bengals are, are one of those teams. Bills have been one of those teams. But the Chargers have also been one of those teams, and they finally beat them by more than one one score. That is very big for this team. That is very big for the Chiefs. And the one thing that we haven't seen yet, and this is what you have to watch out for. I hate saying it right now, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> the one thing we haven't seen yet is Kansas City hasn't lost to a team that you think that they had no business losing to. The Detroit Lions were always a game that I thought they could lose just because I think the Lions were going to be a good team. But mm -hmm. they have even the bad teams that they played, they've usually taken care of business pretty well, and you felt pretty comfortable about it the, most of the game. And, and I think you're right. A lot of the matchups that we had thought were going to be the primetime ones still are. Um, Dolphins, uh, Bills, Bengals, yes, they're not as good as we thought. At least their record doesn't reflect that. But they're still formidable. Eagles are still on, on the schedule here. Like It's still boiling down to a lot of what we thought it was going to have to. So uh, I do think that that's going to continue to evolve. We'll see how it goes well, next week. The The other thing for me is this game, the division could be over with by early November. If the if the it's Broncos possibly. and the Raiders and the Chargers keep losing, if they lose, if the Raiders lose two more games and the, and the Broncos continue to lose at least one more game, obviously against the Chiefs this next week, uh, and the Chargers lose a couple more games, the, the division may be over because I don't think Kansas City is getting to two – a situation where they're worse than 12 and five this year. Agreed. That's the way that it comes down. And so it might be nice. It'll be tempting for them to coast, which I don't like that aspect of it, but you know, there's some things that are inevitable and chiefs in the playoffs continue to be one of them. We're going to talk about that coming up here soon. One last question though, from Pono Kwai, uh, mahalo for the question. Do you think that uh, a trade for linebackers and inevitable Cochran is a backup in Drew is a dead end. Does it happen? I don't think so. And I don't see Drew Tranquil as a dead end myself. Um, I think he's got uh, several years where he could play in this defense in particular and be a great fit. Um, is he going to play 100% of the snaps in the season? No, I don't think so. But honestly, at this point, I don't know that I see any linebacker doing that. Um, trades for linebackers are often failures. 
because it's very, very difficult to get draft capital out the door for a linebacker that can put impact on the field enough to be worth it. So I, I think we're more likely uh, seeing them ride this out. I don't know that uh, they're too scared. Nick Bolton, uh, I had a very similar dislocation 20-plus uh, years ago, if you guys have seen my Twitter feed. Um, it will heal up, especially if it's surgically repaired correctly. I think it should be fine. So uh, you can brace that as well. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to be trading for a linebacker. I would not be shocked if they do trade for something over the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure where they would go. But if you look at their defense, maybe add another pass rusher. I mean, think about if, if you could add somebody – that is close to what you got from a Minihue or or that would be close to the level of a Minihue to add into Mike Dana and have the be the fourth pass rusher. It'd be a great problem to have to have to sit FAU down and not give him hardly any snaps because you have four guys that can get after the passer at that at that position. And I'm sorry, Frank Clark isn't that guy. Uh, the pressure just hasn't been there and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So that that's why once again, I think Matt was talking about adding him to the practice squad, having here for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, he can do plenty of damage in that, in that scenario. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And everything going towards FAU in terms of experience and, and mentorship, I think that's just a plus all the way around. So we'd like to know what you think. How concerned are you about Nick Bolton? What do you think of the Chiefs receiving crew at this point? Put your comments down below. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. I appreciate that you guys have been here and uh, dealing with us uh, with a little bit of breaking news in the middle of this show. Thanks for being with us live. Like, sub, hit the bell. Uh, everything will be up on audio as well. You want to get that anywhere you can get audio. Tomorrow, Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest from inside the building, our, our beat reporter and our guy on scene, will give us the updates that we need to know, including an update on Nick Bolton. So hold tight for that. We'll be rolling towards Broncos. Thanks for spending your time with us today. We very much appreciate it. We'll be back with you tomorrow.